coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. From the Ellers-Mitchell household to yours, wishing you a safe and joyous Resident Evil Day. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news in the week, including everything that came out of that Super Mario Maker 2 Direct. And then on Thursday, we're going to be ranking the games in the new Castlevania Anniversary Collection. But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? Patrick, thank yes. you so much for having me. I'm, yeah. oh. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, that's uh, very disarming. Uh, a sincere thank you. What if, what if I did the entire show? How tiresome do you think it'd be if I did the entire show where I was like pretending to be a guest? Oh, and so that like anytime I asked you a question, you were like, I'm so glad you brought this up. Um, I have three answers to that question. Exactly. Like we're, it was like Charlie Rose or something. Yes. Uh, back when, before we knew the Charlie Rose was, was a monster. Was a monster. Um, have you seen the uh, clip of Ben Schwartz on Larry King? Um, where uh, Larry King is interviewing him about being Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, and, you know, Ben Schwartz is just being Ben Schwartz, which means he's weird and uninterviewable because he thinks everything is an improv scene. Um, but uh, Larry King is asking him, like, can you tell us what the voice is like? And Ben Schwartz is like, no, I can't tell you. I, I, I can't do the voice. What do you think the voice would sound like? And Larry, like, tries it for a second and then is like, Hedgehog is an interesting animal. And Ben Schwartz goes, this is fascinating. I can't wait to see where this goes. It's so good. Look up this clip. It is wonderful. What if also me uh, being a guest on the show was how we like announced to people that we were divorcing? Oh, man. Uh, let's take that idea just off the table right now. <laughs> I don't want people that... We just made a joke about the Ellers-Mitchell household. I know. <laughs> and then you're moving into divorce talk. Listeners Mark. are like our children. Yes. And uh, look, I don't want custody. Do you want custody? <laughs> Speaking, it seems like so much work. Speaking of I don't want custody, if you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces uh, for Switch, you can. Please. All you have to do is send us an email with your mailing address or a different mailing address, and I will send my copy of Sonic Forces there. It's that easy. Just email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. What else are we doing? Uh, we've got a, we're giving away some Detective Pikachu cards. That's right. We saw Detective Pikachu, Chew? I had a really hard time saying that character's name just now. We saw Detective Pikachu. They gave us, uh, uh, Pokemon playing cards. Um, I opened my pack. Mine are completely unopened. Marks are completely unopened. But look, you can get both of these packs. So you're guaranteed at least two Detective Pikachus and mine had a Jigglypuff. That's great. How do you do? How how do you enter to win these? Mark? All you have to do is recommend our show to somebody you know on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Tag us in it, and you'll be entered into a drawing to receive these Detective Pikachu cards. That's right. And just be like, "Hey, I thought you would enjoy the show." And if there's a specific reason that someone would enjoy the show, even better. All the better. Uh, and if you have other specific reasons that people would enjoy the show, uh, give us a review. Yeah, we're trying to get to a hundred reviews in Apple Podcasts. We're at like 76 right now. So thank you to everybody who's renewed. But I am sad to say in the past week, as far as I know, we have received no new reviews in the American podcast store. If only you could see the effect this is having on Mark. Have you ever seen An American Tale? Five Old Goes West or the original? <laughs> the original. Yes. Uh, without the scary spider sheriff. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. cowboy. He's just a cowboy. The big cat is a sheriff. The important thing is Wyatt that there's a burp. scene. <laughs> right? I'd believe it. Okay. Uh, there's a scene in the first movie, probably a lot of them actually, where Fievel is really sad and looking out a window. Yes. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm right trying to paint this now. picture for And you. It's, it's different from, uh, but similar to every scene where, isn't there a scene where Fievel is sick? Why can't I shake this, like, where, like, his face is green and he's, like, going to throw up? Oh, does... Probably on the boat, right? Probably on the boat. Mark also looks like that. So th these are all of these negative uh, effects that you're having exactly. on Exactly. Imagine me being, like, in a, on a ship, uh, I guess looking out a port window. Yeah, probably. 
Um, all right. So uh, before we get into the rest of regular business for the show, uh, back when we did our 250-ish episode spectacular, we said we were going to read all of your emails. Uh, but Kinko's uh, screwed us a little bit and didn't actually print out all the emails I said for it to print. We're still angry about it. I know you thought that last week we got it all out of our system. We did not. They're still on our list. So the Kinko's boycott is still in effect, which means that you should not go to a FedEx Kinko's unless you need something copied or it's more convenient to have something copied or printed there. Or you're getting a package delivered and it's just easier to get it dropped off. Right, of course. Otherwise, Otherwise, don't go. Do not go. Maybe if a friend is like, this is the only place that like we could meet someone because I'm selling them something on Craigslist. Yeah, or you like need like a candy a, bar or something. Yeah, then, then, it's then like right it's okay. There. But like, otherwise, do not go to Kinko's. You wouldn't dare. But to make up for it, we are uh, reading the rest, reading and answering the rest of the questions. Uh, today's uh, email comes from Richard Wilson. He says, hey guys, I have a few questions for your 250-ish show. Ask all or one or none. It's up to you. Uh, Mark, there are 10 questions here. So we're choosing the all option. We are choosing the all option, and uh, you know we may move on from them <laughs> quickly, depending on what the question is. Question number one, which game defines each Nintendo console or handheld generation? The answer is either Mario or Zelda, I think, for every single one. Let's do them real fast, okay? Okay. Uh, so the NES, what defines the, the NES? Mario. Yeah, I'm going to say Super Mario Brothers 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, game Boy. Tetris. Uh, I'm going to say Pokemon. Uh, Super Nintendo. Uh, a Link to the Past. Uh, Super Metroid for me. Uh, Game Boy Advance. Mm. This is a harder one, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to say the Max Payne port that I never beat. Okay, very good. I'm going to say uh, D- Donkey Kong King of Swing, uh, which I think is the name of that game. <laughs> it might not be. Um, where were we? GameCube. No, we skipped Nintendo, oh, 60- Nintendo 64. Mario 64. Uh, Ocarina of Time. Both good answers. Now GameCube. Uh, Sunshine. Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, and I will say uh, Wind Waker. So we're just going... <laughs> we're just trading Mario Zelda titles. <laughs> Look, we knew that's what it was going to come down All to. All right. Uh, that's as far as we're going to go in this. Virtual Boy, go. Oh, I... Uh, um, uh, the answer is Hello Boxer. Boxer. There you go. <laughs> Question number two. Uh, what are your guys' favorite biscuits? I'm from the UK, so a biscuit is like a cookie. Oh, just give me a good old-fashioned chocolate chip. Uh, chocolate chip cookie is great. Also an Oreo. Oh, yeah, please. Please give me an Oreo. I would love to see a challenge on uh, the Great British Bake Off where the challenge, the technical challenge is just make one perfect Oreo. I would, I would love that. Uh, question number three. Would you, con- uh, would you guys consider doing games podcasts covering all of the systems, i.e. Sony, Xbox, Nintendo, mobile, etc.? I just don't have the time. Yeah, and I, for as much as I like video games, I feel like I am a Nintendo fan first. Um, so... Yeah, I, f- I feel like it would be... Yeah, as much as I like video games in general, I don't really feel passionately about, like, gaming in general like I do about Nintendo. Yeah, also just, like, the, like, culture of, like, the capital G gamer uh, gets grosser every year. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's the same for, like, Nintendo fan. Maybe it is, and I'm blind to it. Um, but I just... Uh, we just get, like, dirtier for Waluigi. Yeah. Oh, man, we love Waluigi so much. Uh, question number four. Uh, you're stuck on a desert island. You get one console and one game. What do you take? Uh, I take Wii and Super Mario Galaxy 2. Uh, the answer is Tetris 99. <laughs> uh, uh, thinking of coming to the States for a, hol- for a holiday, uh, L.A., New York, or San Francisco? Um, do you like theme parks? Come to L.A. Do you like... Like tall buildings, go to New York. <laughs> Do you like densely kind populated of like both areas? of those things? <laughs> go to San Francisco. Uh, and if you like wine, go to San Francisco. Um, if Nintendo were a sandwich, what would it be? Peanut butter and jelly. It's a Reuben. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Was the answer? Did he also write the answer? No, I'm telling you. Oh, mine. of course. Uh, you're in charge of Nintendo for the next year. What do you do? Um, SNES. Uh, games on the Switch. Uh, yep. Uh, That's I w- really all I want. I will profit, is what I will do. <laughs> I'm in charge of Nintendo for, for a year. Um, what are your guys' day jobs? Uh, I'm currently not working. <laughs> and I work for a large corporation. <laughs> Very good. Uh, apart from gaming, what are you guys into? Uh, we sleep as much as we can. Oh, please. Yeah. Uh, and question number 10, will there be another 250 shows? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, like, stay tuned right here. Cheers, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. 
we have, of course, been playing the Castlevania Anniversary Collection. That's which, right. Not the anniversary of Castlevania, the 50th anniversary of Konami. Oh, now that's That's what it's commemorating. Uh, so, yes, we've been playing that in anticipation of ranking these eight games. Uh, no real, like, spoiler here, but I think we're both enjoying playing all of these games. Yeah, I love Castlevania. And this, for 20 bucks, it really reminded me. I, it, not because it was 20 bucks, but it was... But it's a good it's deal. It's so worth right, it. It's right, such a yes. good deal, because I really love these games, even though I own a lot of them in a lot of different... Uh, like platforms yeah it's nice to have them unified like this with the same like set of options and stuff but we will be talking more about uh, all of these games and kind of the overall product on um thursday also uh, tetris mm-hmm. 99 the third maximus cup yes so if you participated in the maximus cup and got at least 100 points uh throughout the course of the weekend you would now have access to the game boy theme mark how'd you do i i did i i did it even yeah um took me about a little over an hour so, uh, figure each game of Tetris 99 lasted me maybe about four minutes <laughs> and figure out how many points I got each round. But, um, yeah, it was fun. I, I love that game and it was totally worth it for the Game Boy theme, which kind of threw me a little bit because yeah. I was so used to Tetris 99 being one thing specifically. Um, and, uh, like the sound effects and everything changed. Yeah. I, uh, and the, the, the game was in that theme for the entirety of, of the Tetris Maximus Cup. I was surprised at how much it made me happy to see that theme on the screen. Um, I, uh, actually don't know if I got a chance to play it. I think just Sarah did it. Um, we were traveling this weekend and, uh, on Friday morning, uh, you know, we had to, uh, go, our, our plane was at like 1130 or something. Um, so we did have a little time around the house in the morning. And like the first thing Sarah said to me when when we woke up was like, "Is Tetris going on right now?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, and she like jumped out of bed. <laughs> it's like Christmas morning. Yeah, it was. And uh, she she played a couple matches, got to seventy two points, and then the next one she uh, won the whole thing and got us up to one hundred and seventy two points. And I think that's where we stopped. <laughs> um, and because then the rest of the uh, weekend we were traveling. So, um, but man. Uh, lo- love that Tetris 99. Um, I also went in to check out the uh, NES online games that were updated from last week, um, which means I was playing Donkey Kong Jr., which is a game that uh, I love and continue to love. Um, the things that are inconvenient about Donkey Kong Jr. or like weirdly inconsistent um, remain um, a pain in, in the butt. Um, like he doesn't always seem to have the same arc to his jump, especially when he's bouncing off that spring at the beginning of the second level. Um, which I don't know why that is. That's all. I find myself a little frustrated by it. Um, and then I, I was playing a little bit of the Star Soldier um, SP version, which is just like an overhead uh, shoot 'em up kind of game. Um, and uh, so I played a little bit of the SP and was like, okay, so I can get to this boss and beat it. Um, what's the actual game like? And, you know, it's like all these like uh, top down uh, like shoot 'em up games where I'm just like, I don't. I don't understand really what the value of uh, these old games mm-hmm. are um, now. Like back in the day, this thing would have eaten my quarters forever. Um, and now I, now I just don't even know what the point of that is. Yeah. I think we're all ready for the SNES games to be available on the switch. But, well, I mean, if you were in charge of Nintendo for one year, that's exactly what they'd you go would bankrupt, do. but you'd get your SNES games. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. It's here, finally, after months of anticipation. Today, May 22nd, Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 0, and Resident Evil 4 are available on Switch. Wow. It's, it's, finally, it's finally happening. Uh, and these games are all too expensive, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely buying Resident Evil 4. No question. Yeah, I don't... I'm interested in uh, picking up all three of these, but I, I, don't, I don't know what, what I'm actually going to uh, end up doing mm-hmm. and when I'm going to end up doing it. It's a little bit like the, uh, the Final Fantasy thing where like, I picked up nine because it was the first of them to drop uh, and then have just sort of like taped. Well, I haven't, I guess, picked up any of the rest of them since, um, even though like I'm interested in 12, I'm interested in uh, playing seven again. Um, but like... It, it'll happen. It'll happen at some point for all those games, and it'll happen for all of these at some yeah, point. Yeah, I too. mean, like, Resident Evil 4 is one of my forever games. Yeah. Um, I think I even owned the mobile version back when that was a thing. Like, I just love Resident Evil 4. So, 
is this probably like the fifth or sixth time I am buying this game? Yeah. Yes. Is this even the best version of Resident Evil 4? No. Is it the best version of Resident Evil 4 HD? No, probably, probably not. not. What do you think is the best version of Resident Evil 4? Um, probably the, the PlayStation one? Uh, or the Wii one? I don't know. I love the Wii one. I yeah. love like using like the pointer controls. I'm a li- little disappointed to hear that uh, the Switch version doesn't have any motion controls. I wasn't expecting it to have the like Wiimote pointers, but even just sort of like, like gyro aiming or something like that. Aiming, yeah. Um, but it's not stopping me from throwing down money for it. So nope. What are you going to do? Not actually disappointing at all, it turns out. <laughs> uh, also coming out today, Team Sonic Racing and the Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered for Switch. A big, weird Tuesday. It is a big, weird Tuesday. Because uh, I am interested. I am not interested in Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered. It's uh, great. Uh, an Assassin's Creed game, which is already a series that I'm like, ah, I don't really care. Uh, and then a, uh, an entry in the series that is kind of notoriously derided for being like boring and pointless. Um, I'll, I'll skip that. But Team Sonic Racing, that's interesting. Uh, I really liked the uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars, All-Stars Racing Featuring Danica Patrick. Featuring Danica Patrick, mm-hmm. um, which is the one detail that we can ever remember about it. <laughs> The name is a struggle, Danica Patrick. No, we we're right remember. there, right there for it. Um, so that uh, could be a, a a great game. So um, I, yeah, I'll... and it's getting okay reviews. Is it? I haven't yeah, I haven't yeah. seen any. Pop it's getting yet, fine but... reviews. Great. Uh, and then on Thursday, May twenty third, Wonder Boy Returns Remix is coming out, and I uh, I know I'm not saying this correct, but Day Dallas: The Awakening of Golden Jazz, which I was like, oh, this seems interesting. Let me Google what it is. It's apparently related to, or maybe just a mainline entry in the Jake Hunter series. Interesting. Which is like a detective game series that I have enjoyed in the past. Um, so maybe I'll be picking this up. Probably not this week because I'm buying Resident Evil 4 this week. But sure, I'll buy this weird... The Awakening of Golden Jazz. I love Golden Jazz. You won't stop talking about Golden Jazz. Isn't Daedalus um, Icarus's uh, father? Didn't he like create the Minotaur in the maze? Oh, yeah, maybe. All right. So it's it's a literary reference. <laughs> Over my head, clearly. Uh, I was like, why does this sound familiar? So uh, I thought that that was the case, but I did also look it up while you were talking. Because <laughs> I didn't want to insert something and then be like, oh, no, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also want to talk just a little bit about the Wonder Boy Returns uh, remix um, we've been seeing a couple like Wonder Boy uh, games make their way over, over to Switch. Um, and these are uh, like sort of their big Japanese games that like, uh, you know, started back in like the NES days um, that are like related to the Adventure Island games. Is Monster Boy also like... I, I, I don't know. There's a lot going on here. Um, and if this means that we can get some like revamped, remixed Adventure Island games on Switch then I'm all for it. But in the meantime, this is a brand of nostalgia that is not working on me. Um, nice try, though. Nice try, Nostalgia Gods. Uh, I don't think it's the Nostalgia Gods actually trying to do this. All right, Mark, um, those are the new releases. Let's close out this segment. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, today, or like this week, is the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Um, so you have proposed the following topic. That's right. We're going to just say positive things about the prequels. Wow. Okay. Great. And that means not even like, I think we shouldn't even couch our positive things in like. Sure. In like look, qualifications. We all, we all know it's bad, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I saw Phantom Menace in the theater seven times. I saw Phantom Menace in the theaters, I think I pre- it was like five and a half. Five and a half. You, uh-huh. you left in the middle of one. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you you have me at at a disadvantage. Uh, you you have the you have a list of things that you like about. That's right. Because I, I rewatched the prequels over the weekend. Right. And so I came in prepared. I was inspired for this topic. So here's one. Coruscant. Yeah. I think Coruscant is cool. The idea of like a planet that's an enormous city, 
and the art direction at night. Coruscant looks really cool in Attack of the Clones when oh, they're like Coruscant at night. You have to see it. <laughs> um, Camino, where the uh, the clones the cloners, are made. Yeah, I think it's like a water planet. Yeah, that's uh, right. It's really stormy, and longtime listeners of the show know that I love the atmosphere of rain. Yeah, um, it's good. It is. It is good and moody. The the clone a- aliens themselves, like the Kaminoans, are cool, mm-hmm. and the whole mystery of like Sifo-Dyas is neat. And I won't say anything more because we're not going to say anything negative, right? It, I do think it is also interesting just the way uh, Attack of the Clones like borrows that uh, the sort of like noir structure and some of like the superficial, uh, you know, like trappings of mm-hmm. noir, in- including. Uh, uh, De- Dax. Dex, yeah, Dex, the diner, Dex, like Dex's the 50s diner. diner thing. And again, we won't say anything more about it because we're not saying anything negative. Uh, uh, John Williams' score. Oh yeah, in man. all three movies is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, too good for the series, really. Don't couch the compliments. <laughs> like, I actually think that the the score for um, Revenge of the Sith is uh, maybe the strongest of of his scores. Uh, for the Star Wars movies, it's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful, and it r- really smartly incorporates the themes from all five previous movies. If you look uh, at like his scores for uh, Force Awakens and um, The Last Jedi, they are a lot more focused on the uh, like. <laughs> sorry, the, the the audience here is nervous, uh, as will happen in the recording of four thirty three. Um, uh, but the newer scores are a lot more referential to just <laughs> their just their own themes uh, and uh, the themes of the original trilogy. And it's cool to see like how much he had built up over the course of the prequels. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan is okay. so good in uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Okay. Um, just the expanded aesthetic of Star Wars. I feel like the new trilogy so much is focused on being like, everybody likes the original trilogy. Let's just do that again. But a lot of what I consider to be Star Wars now was established in the prequel trilogy. And it's it was cool to see like the visual language of the series expand so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound design is great. Can, can, can I do one? Oh, yeah, yeah, please. Uh, Amidala's funeral dress. Mm-hmm. Funeral dress is basically perfect. She looks great in that <laughs> casket. Yeah. Which really, we all want somebody to say that about us. Look, that's all I want. If you are ever thinking about paying me a compliment, save it until I am dead <laughs> and that I look good in that casket. Um, I want to talk about the sound design for a second. Yeah. It's so good. Like in the pod race sequence, like all the sounds of the ships yeah. are really fun. Um, but do you remember in Attack of the Clones <laughs> when... Uh, oh, well, I guess we'll never know. I'm just going to say seismic charges. Oh, yeah. Well, let, let's let's call uh, an armistice here on it and uh, and actually um, f- finish talking through that. Because I, I like this point that there are, um, in, in uh, many Star Wars movies, there are sequences where the music drops out and it is just all driven by sound effects. And in Attack of the Clones, when Jango Fett is like chasing, is it Obi-Wan? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's like setting off these like seismic charges that are like, they sound like half like explosion, half like a guitar riff. Yeah, and I think that's actually how the sound is made, is it's just like, because um, the sound drops out for a second and then the seismic charge explodes, mm-hmm. and it is just like a guitar, like, twang. Wow. Yeah, it's really awesome. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, that's uh, we, we were accompanied today by Stephen Feldman and Patrick Morin, um, and uh, let's get into the news. Hey, there was a Super Mario Maker 2 Direct last Wednesday. You bet there was. Um, I Did you watch this thing like as it streamed live? Uh, or no, I, saw, I caught it afterwards. Um, I was dropping my bike off at a uh, bicycle repair place, and I was walking home. And I was like, oh, no, it's 3 o'clock. Uh, this thing is playing. And so I watched it on my phone as I walked home, uh, which is maybe not the safest way to do <laughs> anything um but so they they started they it was a weirdly uh paced kind of direct right because it's it seemed like there was a good couple minutes right at the top where it's just like here's what super mario maker as a concept is yeah and it hadn't really occurred to me that there would be people who like needed to be sold on the idea of like you can make your own mario levels well and the whole thing was just like 15 minutes long 
And as we saw, like, last year's at their E3 Direct, where they talked about Smash Brothers for, like, 45 minutes. Yeah. But they really packed a ton into this 15 minutes Super Mario Maker 2 Direct. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Mark, you uh, very graciously pulled up all of um, Nintendo's sort of, like, marketing points for this. Um, and you were like, what of these do you want to talk about? Or, like, I'll let you drive what you want to talk about. A joke's on you. I want to talk about everything that's on here. Um, it's cool. It looks like a really cool game. It looks like a fully featured Super Mario Maker game that is giving us more than... Uh, first of all, giving us basically everything that the community has been asking for. Um, since uh the first mario maker came out and then and then some right? yeah I, I went from feeling kind of indifferent about the game like obviously i was excited but um content creation is not what i enjoy out of games yeah so i was like okay but after this direct i'm totally sold right so just in terms of like maker tools um some of the things that they decide to uh, uh show off or early in the direct um slopes you can now have slopes uh, and the, we, we had seen slopes in like the initial reveal. So that's very exciting. The, um, angry sun from super Mario brothers three that will chase you around the map. Um, we only saw it in the, uh, Mario three theme. No, maybe we also saw it in the super Mario world theme, but that's, uh, cool and exciting too, that we will see the angry sun in, in multiple themes, um, on and off switches, um, those like red and blue blocks. So you can like turn on and off other blocks. turns out they can also affect, um, uh, conveyor belts. Um, and conveyor belts can also be uh, diagonal. They can also be slopes. Um, water levels uh, uh, that are like in a non-water level. So like the water can raise and lower and it can be like only a partially water level. Um, bonsai bills that are like the giant bullet bills that fire from off like an uh, off or off screen like source. Um, and then of course, co-op uh, making so you can design levels with another person sitting next to you on the couch which seems chaotic at best. <laughs> but a fun idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, uh, so they going into, um, uh, like, modes or sort of a more uh, general um, broad strokes here. There's a story mode to this Yeah, game. which I'm really excited about. They promised over 100 original Nintendo-crafted courses. So basically, it's just a new Mario game. The, I think the original Super Mario Maker had, like, levels that were made by Nintendo, but they weren't in the form of a story mode. Yes. Um, so both the original Super Mario Maker and the one for 3DS had um, some Nintendo-made levels, and, you know, both had, like, 100 Mario challenges and, like, these things where just sort of organized levels, um, both uh, made by Nintendo and uh, community-made, into a very linear kind of, you know, like, map to, to challenge um, you with like 100 lives and how far can you get in it um, or 10 lives or whatever. Uh, but this seems like they are actually building it around the sort of like familiar structure of a Mario game. You're building up Peach's Castle as you go uh, and you do it by collecting coins in these levels, which also show you the various features of Super Mario Maker, which means that uh, not only will uh, everyone have the option to basically just play this like it's a new Mario game. Um, but it means that everyone who's just like messing around with the tools will also have access to those like world class, you know, Nintendo designed levels, um, which only means we're going to be seeing better levels from people. They also showed off some new course themes. So you can make your courses in the theme of a desert, snow, forest, and sky. And they're giving us new music from Koji Kondo, which is. Uh, amazing uh, and some of it seems like it's just a little bit uh like re remixed or like different arrangements like the uh the sky theme sounds like a, a sort of play on the the athletic theme mm -hmm. um at least in the mario uh one uh theme so it, it all seems super cool um in addition there the uh the opposite of the angry sun is like an angry moon um, and either using the angry moon or eventually at some point the game just like gives you the option to turn on like the night modes of all of all of these themes. So in every game mode in it, Mario, uh, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World and New Super Mario Brothers, there are now these four additional themes. And you can do a night mode of all of them. Is there more than four? Because is Ghost House new? No, Ghost House was in the oh, original. Oh, okay, okay. So like uh, Ghost House, Airship. Um, uh, underground, uh, just regular ground. Gotcha. So it includes yeah. all of those plus these four additional ones. Plus these four additional ones. That's right. Um, and now the um night versions of all of them. 
And instead of like just changing uh, things aesthetically, the night versions of these levels add like they either like mess up the physics or whatever. The uh, the night version of the underground um, is like upside down, so like gravity is at the bottom. The night version of the sky is like low gravity, so you're jumping around like you're a moon level from Super Mario uh, Land Two. Um, uh, there there are other things. The the, the desert one, it's like uh, there's high speed windstorms. Um, so it's just, it's, it, it seems like there are so many, um, just like extra little things that they are throwing into this game that, uh, no one knew to be super excited about, but now we all are. In addition to like the original Mario brothers and new super Mario brothers aesthetic and all that stuff, they're also introducing the super Mario 3d world aesthetic, which is kind of its own thing. Yeah. Um, you can't like transform a level from a regular, uh, like one of those themes into uh, Super Mario 3D World, right? And that's you know partially because the uh, like the mechanics of that game are so like the 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 other four um, are are pretty much the same. Um, like Super Mario World is the only one where uh, Mario can throw something straight up, or like uh, you can do wall jumps in New Super Mario. But other than that, like those games are all pretty much the same in terms of how they play. But Super Mario 3D World really has a lot of other stuff like interacting with the background or like the cat Mario. Um, and so they're, they're just like, nope, if you're making a level in this theme, it's got to be like from scratch. So you, of course, get the cat Mario. Got to have that cat Mario. You get clear pipes. Mario? Mario. <laughs> Are you from uh, Boston? Oh, yeah. Get that cat Mario. <laughs> uh, Koopa Troopa car, which it you just like hop in this car and just... You can just go, baby. You can just go. Car just goes, baby, go. Uh, track block. The track block like follows any path the player draws. There's a piranha creeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then there's a bunch of uh, like Super Mario 3D World uh, characters, including you know Cat Bowser. Um, and like uh, Boom Boom is going to be in all of them, but uh, Pom Pom, who is like the the lady version of of Boom Boom, uh, is is in there as well. Something interesting to point out here um, is that the Super Mario 3D World theme is in the additional themes section uh, of the of the menu here, and there are there's obviously space for a second additional theme. Please, Super Mario Galaxy, especially with like the oh, night gravity yeah. stuff in some of the levels. Um, oh, it'd be so nice. I'm making prayer hands right yes, now. You can't Mark, see it. Mark is making prayer hands. Um, I, I will make prayer hands for uh, Super Mario Land 2. Oh, that'd be fun. G- give me a, yeah, a black and white Game Boy mm-hmm, theme. Prayer hands for that. Prayer, prayer hands. Prayer hands all around. Okay, so at this point, you're like, this has to be all this game can possibly offer. What else could it give me? Well, what if I told you it could give you Course World, an online hub where players can share and play courses. Right. So this is this was in the original as well, uh, where you can uh, uh, upload courses and, and share them. But before, them. didn't you have to do it from like a website? Could you do it from within the game? Yeah, you could do it from within the game. Oh, using, uh, what was it called? Meverse? Meverse, yeah. I mean, me, you could just go in and like discover stuff. Discoverability wasn't great. It looks like they are giving a lot of new tools um, so that you can search. Uh, so first of all, courses can be tagged with like metadata. So you can be like, this is an auto-scrolling level. This is one that uh, is a tough platformer. This is one that is meant for um, you know multiple players. Uh, and so you'll be able to search by all those things, which is great because uh, you know for as as cool as Mario Maker is, it did have a real problem of um, you would just play a bunch of like auto-scroll levels where like. Uh, you don't move Mario, and he's just like moved around on all these like uh, platforms, and it plays a little song, and it's it's spectacular, but nothing. You don't do anything, mm-hmm. and then you win, and you're like, okay, well, great. What was the point of that? Um, and uh, now there will just be a little toggle for like levels that play themselves. Nope, I don't want those. And in part of that, there's a new mode called Endless Challenge, where you can basically turn on the tags that you want. And it tries to, it'll give you just like as many of those courses as it can before you die. Uh, which is incredible. Um, also, uh, th- and this was not available on the uh, original version, you can now play uh, levels uh, by downloading them uh, and just playing them offline on your Switch. So if you're going to travel with it and you want to like load it up with 100 levels from the internet, you can do that. 
and then take those 100 levels with you. Here's something that I'm really excited about. Multiplayer in Course World. Yes. Uh, multiplayer in Course World comes in a couple different flavors, uh, both a competitive and a cooperative. Um, and you're playing user-generated levels with up to four players. Um, and, you know, like I say, sometimes it's a race to the finish line. Sometimes it's you have to work together so that you both finish. Um, it's of your choosing, though, if yes. you're doing, like, co-op or uh, multiplayer versus. It's two different modes. Right. Yeah. And uh, then there's also nearby play. Oh, sorry. I cut you off. No, you no. Say to, to tell about the nearby play. Oh, yeah. So, basically, if you have four Switches in a room and they all have Super Mario Maker, is that how that works? Yeah, everyone needs the game. Um, you can make a virtual room so all four of you can play together, which seems to indicate to me that, like, online play is going to be strictly randos. Yeah, that that is what that sounds like to me, which is a little bit of a bummer. It would be nice to, um, but I guess that that is at, at this point a little bit of an unanswered question. Um, is uh, how you will be able to do multiplayer? Uh, first of all, online, uh, can you do it with friends? Can you invite people? Um, and then in the room, is there any way to do it on a single console? Because right mm-hmm. now it looks like that is not the case. Even though the you know new Super Mario Brothers series is all about like get as many people as you can on screen at once, um, it is not totally clear if this game is set up because like all those levels are optimized for there being four people in it. And you know when you have uh, someone way on the right of a level and someone way on the left, the camera like zooms all the way out. And I don't know if uh, you know in the original Mario theme, if the game is like prepared to do that for you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I've seen a couple of videos like breaking down uh, the footage from the most recent direct being like, it looks as though there are two characters on screen and the camera is not auto scrolling. That is actually like detecting where the two characters are. Um, but it is Nintendo did not state outright that there is local uh, multiplayer in the actual play mode though there obviously is in, in the make mode. Uh, and when you're making, you can just uh, like push a button and start playing. So that raises the question of what happens then. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just the person who pressed the button to start playing. Um, but uh, the, that, that would be uh, a cherry on the top. It would be very fun to play local co-op. Um, but if it's not there, I, you know, that's, that's, I guess, fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I, I... Just in general, I'm really looking forward to Super Mario Maker 2 now. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I, I was very excited about it before. Um, Mario Maker is never a game that is too far from uh, from my head. Uh, and, you know, not not that long ago, I, I picked my Wii U back up again so I could, um, you know, build some levels and, and just play some stuff. And uh, it's just satisfying and good. It's just a good platform. And I'm excited for it to be on a system that everyone is actually playing uh, and, you know, that I'm, I'm just very excited for what, whatever new stuff is there. I don't know if you noticed this during the presentation. Um, I noticed it, and then I saw online that a lot of people were talking about it. Like, when they're showing off the Koopa Troopa car, the there's, like, a Super Famicom logo that just kind of, like, starts small and then, like, flies out of the yeah. screen. Uh, what was that about? Uh, two theories. One, it's just one of the new special effects in the game, right? That, like... Because they 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 do uh, go on about like sound effects. Um, uh-huh. that, like when you jump on an enemy, you can like tag it with the sound effect, so it'll be make the sound of like a doorbell when you jump on them. Uh, and there are a lot of new ones, new weird ones that make various things happen. So maybe there's a Super Famicom one, and that's what we saw. It's actually part of the game, right? That could be. Um, second theory, maybe they're hinting at what the uh, second additional theme is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that would be though. Yoshi's Island? Could it be Yoshi's Island? Mm, That'd be cool. Uh, Or could it be the Super Famicom slash Super Nintendo versions of Super Mario All-Stars because those graphic styles are not represented in this? Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, I just thought it was so weird and it goes like completely uncommented on. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's just like a big weird loud thing. <laughs> but and then that's oh, it's, it's a I didn't think about the sound effect thing. I it think that might makes a it lot might just sense. be a sound effect, yeah. Yeah. because uh, there's a lot of other big weird stuff happening. And it was like moment. specifically Super Famicom, not like Super Nintendo, even though we were watching the North American Direct. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh Nintendo also revealed that in addition to the previously announced Splatoon 2 and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate World Championships that are taking place as part of E3 on June 8th. They will be featuring a Super Mario Maker 2 Invitational that same day. 
that's super exciting. Um, that means that there'll just be a bunch of levels that I guess Nintendo is creating. Um, like I hope they're throwing out their best, hardest mm-hmm. Kaizo block filled levels. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping we can stream that and like watch it and really see some cool stuff there. Nintendo also started offering vouchers to Nintendo switch online members. I got this email out of the blue cause I hadn't, or I thought it was out of the blue cause I hadn't seen the direct yet where they talked about it. Yeah. Um, but pricing varies worldwide in the U S you buy vouchers in pairs of two for 99 99 and can redeem them for a Nintendo published titles for $20 in savings, basically. Yeah, so I saw this um, with the... I Because I saw the direct as I was walking home. Um, and so, like, this is one of the two, like, different ways that they're trying to sell uh, Super Mario Maker 2, right? Is that uh, in this two games for 100 bucks, or um, you can buy Super Mario Maker 2 with a year of Nintendo Switch Online for $70. So yeah. it's like half the price of... Which is like 10 bucks off, because yeah. a year of Nintendo Switch Online is usually 20 bucks. Right. And again, uh, Nintendo Switch Online stacks. So if you already have a year and you get a second one for you know whatever promotional reason... Um, right, like Twitch Prime or something. Exactly. Which, again, you can do if you have not used your Twitch Prime. You can do it to get a year of free uh, Nintendo Switch Online. Um, but uh, uh, so, yeah, this is um, a, a little bit confusing, right? Because you can use this on um, first party Nintendo games. Um, and it's and- not just like first party. It's like Nintendo published because right now, like yeah. the world ends with you is oh. included on the list, even though it's only 40 bucks, I think. So don't use it on that because then you're not getting any value out of these vouchers. No, it's like the opposite of getting value. <laughs> um, so uh, vouchers can be purchased through july through the end of july this year and expire one year after purchase Mm -hmm. so are these uh usable on games that haven't come out yet besides super mario maker 2 yes so right now um it's it it kind of seems like all nintendo first party titles are going to be eligible going forward the ones we know that haven't come out yet that will be eligible are the ones that have definitive release dates so marvel ultimate alliance 3 the black order you can use it for that. Uh-huh. You can use it for Fire Emblem Three Houses, and you can use it for Astral Chain, and of course for Super Mario Maker Two. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's and uh, how how many of these can uh, one human buy at one time? Uh, you can have four. Uh, you can have eight vouchers at a time, so four pairs. Okay, all right. Um, so well, so that seems that, like a pretty good deal. Yeah, especially because they're good for a year, and we know, assuming that other first party titles will be part of this promotion. We know that Zelda's coming out. Oh yeah. Right. You know, Luigi's Mansion 3 seems like it's coming out. Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing, Pokemon. So even if you Yeah. Even if you're not excited about Super Mario Maker 2 or Astral Chain or something, it, there are titles coming up where this just seems like a good deal. And for Nintendo, I think this is just a good way to incentivize uh eShop sales. Yeah. Cause even if they're giving it at a discount I assume they're probably making at least the same amount as they would from a retail sale. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought to consider that, that like really incentivizing um, people to buy online versus uh, going into, into the physical store. That's got to be just good for Nintendo's bottom line because they're the only person in that equation. Right, there's no middleman at all. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad to see this. I think it's cool to see these promotions for nintendo switch online members mm-hmm. and i'm definitely going to be picking at least one pair of these up yeah i've jeez. Oh, i mean if if it applies to other future because uh, in the uh mario maker direct um it was kind of like flipping through uh nintendo switch games and i was like i have that i have that i have that game <laughs> yeah if it was just mario maker and then like the nintendo published games that have already been released i don't yeah. think i would do it because i don't need one to switch Right, uh, and like you know, uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is on that list, and I didn't, I didn't buy that when it came out on Switch because I've got it on Wii U. But like, you know, the, the it's this this isn't a gimme. It's not like you're getting it for free. But you know, uh, ten bucks off is is not nothing. So, uh, speaking of Astral Chain, did you see they they released some like key art for the game, basically in like the coming soon section? Okay, and it it's woof. Oh it's no, it's just like classic anime like woman butt shot where the dude's like facing forward just being like hey i'm a dude and the girl you know is like 
with her. It's like, I'm a dude too, but here's my butt. <laughs> it's like, my butt's facing the camera, but then I'm turning over my shoulder so you can oh, sure. see it's, my face. It's it's the classic comics pose mm-hmm. of uh, where you can see the face, you can see the breasts, you can see the butt. Exactly. Which is, come on, guys. I uh, What do we want from Platinum Games? I don't want anything. I well, this is what I'm saying is like this is this is what they do. This is the kind of thing yeah. that they that they deal with. That's in. fair. Clearly not for me. Uh, yep. Likewise. In happier uh, Japanese game related news, Square Enix has released a patch for Final Fantasy VII that fixes the world map music glitch. Hey. Yeah, that's really nice because it's a glitch that had existed forever, and we had all kind of written it off, just being like, "Yep, Square Enix gonna Square Enix. That's never gonna be fixed." Um, but they did. They fixed it for Final Fantasy VII. They haven't fixed it for Final Fantasy IX or any of the other games that aff- that it's a aff- that that glitch afflicts. But um, yeah, and nine is the one that I am currently playing when I am playing it, which is to say that I stopped playing a month ago. Um, and I I can't say that the because this is the glitch that uh, causes the world music track to reset every time you get into a fight. Right, um, yeah, every time you're, like, coming back from a fight. So basically you just get the same 30-second loop over right. and over. which is a shame because it's actually a, like, several-minute long... Um, it's an amazing track, yeah. ...suite of music. Um, and uh, I, I can't say that that was, like, actively hampering my enjoyment of the game, but maybe it was. Maybe I'll go back to it, if they ever patch it, um, and discover that it is a much better time than I thought it was. Um, Luigi's Mansion 3 has received an age rating in South Korea, which is notable because... It indicates the game is probably close to finished, if yeah, not sure. finished. If, if they have something to rate. Mm-hmm. So maybe something we'll learn more about at E3, because we know it's coming this year. Now, Mark, I don't understand the South Korean ratings board uh, rating system, but uh, what did it get? Do we know? No, I don't know. I think they do it by... Like, Adults only? Eight. I, I Presumably. <laughs> it's going to be banned in the U.S. <laughs> Too spooky. <laughs> Uh, to celebrate the upcoming release of Persona Q2 New Cinema Labyrinth uh, on 3DS in the West, a free 3DS theme has been released in the 3DS theme shop. Yeah, I saw this. Uh, it looks cute. It's got all of the you know Persona Q2 characters, which means characters from, I think, five Persona 5, uh, 4, and maybe even 3 as well. Um, and they're all like a little bit chibi versions of them. Uh, and like it just scrolls forever. Um, like it, it it is uh, connected to like as you're scrolling through your library. Oh, cool! So the the background in the top screen like also scrolls with it, and it just keeps on going and looks very cute and very nice and uh, a fun way. Uh, you know, gotta get people back to the 3ds somehow, right? Please, <laughs> please. Uh, I really loved Kat- Katana Zero when it was released maybe about a month ago at this point. Yeah. But I liked it a lot. Um, and I'm looking forward to more content for the game. A new update is coming by the end of the month, so just in a few weeks, that includes a new hard mode with new enemies, remix levels and bosses, a speedrun mode wh- where you can uh, skip cutscenes, and there's like stable, what they call stable enemy behavior. Hmm. So I guess if you're in, maybe if you're in speedrun mode, because as you're like retrying levels and things like that, the enemies do move in different ways. I guess that would affect speedrunning, where you need a consistent route. So maybe in speedrunning route, they just always have the enemies like move in a certain way, in a certain like pattern. All right, Katana Zero speedrunners, I'm putting you on blast because there are a lot of games that include random elements that people speedrun. No, 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 they're big babies for sure. Listen, Katana Zero speedrunners. You're right up there with FedEx Kinkos <laughs> that we are calling for a boycott. Angry. Unless, of course, it is more convenient for you to watch speedruns of Katana Zero than like some other game because you haven't played another game. Or right. Maybe or if you are it. a Katana Zero speedrunner, but you have other things you have to do. Right. 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 Of course. Um, and then th- the game will also be releasing for the Switch in Australia and New Zealand, which presumably it wasn't before. <laughs> Uh, do, is this enough to uh, like get you to go back to it? I don't think this is because a hard mode like doesn't really do anything for me, and I am too old and my hands too uh, like hurdy all the time uh-huh. to be a speedrunner. But um, I am excited because there is supposed to be, or my understanding is that there's DLC coming for the game, and I had mentioned when we in my in our review discussion of it that I was kind of disappointed by the end. And it seems like instead of teasing me for a sequel, they were teasing me oh, for, for the DLC. DLC. And so 
No, I'm always excited. It's like the me- I th- I feel like Katana Zero is my the messenger. Right, and I'm still waiting for that messenger DLC for that fun in the sun or whatever it's called, <laughs> the beach blanket bingo. <laughs> yeah, the messenger. <laughs> I wish I could remember what it's called, um, but I cannot, and no, we will never know. Party um, at Blizzard Beach? Probably it's Party at Blizzard Beach. <laughs> you know, the water park at Walt Disney World? That's right. Um, finally, there was a Splatoon 2 Splatfest last weekend pitting time travel versus teleportation. Teleportation swept it 3-0. to zero. Time travel, it seems like they should have been able to resolve this by going back in time. Well, here's the thing. And this, is, this is just showing that Splatoon uh, 2 players have rejected the Speed Force and all of the implications of trying to befriend Wally West. But don't forget, we are friends with Barry Allen. Of course. I mean, how could you not? All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. So much Cartridge fun, Patrick. Society. Thank you so much for having me here. I It makes me uncomfortable every time. I'm going to declare an immediate moratorium on thanking me for anything. <laughs> Please remember to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you like the episode. Please share it somewhere. And remember, if you share it on Twitter and tag us, uh, you might win some Pokemon cards or whatever. Yeah, they've been warmed by my car's glove box. So... Consider that. Is this an enticing thing or is it a punishment now? (laughs) You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell and the show is at Nincart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying Watto is pretty cool, too. I like Watto. I like the way he talks, the way he flies. I like his feet. Thanks for listening. Campfire.